Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 today on ring of truth with pastor dan sexton tongues listen tongues when a person has the gift of tongues and they speak in tongues it is always directed to god and not to people the gift of tongues is not for communicating to people it is for communicating to god It's not for communicating on the horizontal, person to person. It's for communicating on the vertical, to God. Have you ever been in competition with someone and you feel like you have to one-up them by doing something even better or stronger than what they can do? This seems to creep into the church, too, when it comes to spiritual gifts. Today, Pastor Dan helps you see that spiritual gifts are not something you achieve. They're given to you by God. So if you happen to have a gifting that's different than the person sitting next to you, that's okay. In fact, it's good and healthy for there to be a variety of gifts. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and let me pray for us as we get into the word. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit be our teacher. We ask, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word as always, and I pray and ask that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word, and we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, The last time we were together, we began to look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they operate in the church, in a local congregation like this. And we actually went through the gifts of the Spirit that are listed in the New Testament. Uh, In chapter 12, Paul begins by saying here in chapter 12, verse 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Uh, The believers in Corinth were ignorant of the proper purpose and use of the gifts of the Spirit. They lacked understanding, as much of the church is today, uh, lacking an understanding of the gifts of the Spirit or the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit or the use of the gifts of the Spirit. As I've mentioned the last time we were together, you know, on one extreme In the church, you have those who abuse the gifts of the Spirit and do all kinds of weird things in the name of the Holy Spirit that have nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. Uh, And then on the other extreme, you have those who, who never talk about the Holy Spirit. They don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit at all. Uh, And, and so we, we seek to have a, a biblical understanding of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, just as a review from our last study, if you look at verse 7 of chapter 12, 
verse 7, uh, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So the Holy Spirit gives every believer a gift. At least one gift. I believe that most believers have more than one gift of the Spirit, but every believer has at least one gift of the Spirit. So if you're a believer here, you have a gift of the Holy Spirit. You may not know what that gift is, but you have a gift of the Holy Spirit. You have it already. And if you look at verse 7 again, the gifts are given for the profit of all, for, for the profit of all In the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit has given each of us a gift for the purpose of edifying and strengthening the entire church, the rest of the congregation. God desires to speak to us. God desires to minister to us through the gifts of the spirit operating in the congregation through other believers in the body of Christ and the gifts of the spirit operate in a very natural way. It's not nothing weird, nothing uh, unsettling about the Holy Spirit. Just as, as we gather together with other believers for fellowship, for worship, for Bible study, for prayer, just in, in the, you know, the, the natural body life of the church, it gives the Holy Spirit an opportunity to minister And to speak through the gifts. So when we gather together as believers, we should always have an expectation that God's going to minister. That God is going to speak. That God is going to work through the gifts of the spirit in the body of Christ. There should always be an expectancy or an anticipation anytime we get together with other believers in Christ. Now, One thing Paul emphasized in chapter 12 is that the Holy Spirit sovereignly gives the gifts to believers as he wills. And that's important. We don't choose the gifts we receive. We can't induce the gifts we desire. It's all the sovereign work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has chosen a gift specifically for you and a place specifically for you in the body of Christ where you can use that gift. Look at verse 11. Verse 11, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, notice, as he wills, as the Holy Spirit wills. So the Holy Spirit's in charge of the whole thing. It's as he wills. He gives gifts to individual believers as he wills. He he puts together the body of Christ as he desires for the edification and the building up of the body of Christ. Uh, Paul went on in chapter 12 to compare the body of Christ to a human body. And just as the human body is made up of many parts, so is the body of Christ made up of many different parts. All the gifts of the spirit are important. All the gifts of the spirit are essential for the health and function of the body of Christ. Now look down in verse 31. We covered all of this last time. This is all just review. Look down in verse 31. Paul says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. 
This should be our attitude towards the gifts of the Spirit. We should earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So, wanting nothing to do with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's not the proper attitude. Uh, Being indifferent towards the gifts of the Spirit. Well, if the Holy Spirit wants to give me a gift and use me, he can. That's not the proper attitude. We should be earnestly desiring the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the second half of verse 31 is where we pick up our study where he says, and yet I show you a more excellent way. The more excellent way is love. Is love. In chapter 13, Paul talks about love. Now, chapter 13 is often read at weddings, which I, I find kind of humorous uh, because the context of chapter 13 is the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. You know, and so really that's what the chapter is about, the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. But people read it at their wedding because it talks about love. But it's really within context. It's talking about the the gifts of the Spirit and how they should operate in the church. Look at verse 1 of chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. That's a gift of tongues. But have not love. I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. Or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy. And understand all mysteries. Understand all mysteries. That's a gift of, of wisdom. A word of wisdom. And all knowledge, the gift of knowledge, word of knowledge. And though I have all faith, the gift of faith, so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, the gift of giving. We saw that in Romans chapter 12. And though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love is superior to any spiritual gift. Again, he's talking about the gifts as they should operate in a local congregation, in the body of Christ. Love should be superior. When we, uh, when we use the gifts of the Spirit, we should use them out of love. Love for Jesus Christ supremely and love for others in the body of Christ. Jesus said, people will know that we are his disciples by our love for one another. Right? He didn't say people will know we're his disciples by our ability to speak in tongues. Then everybody will know, right, if we speak in tongues. Oh, that must be a disciple of Jesus. No, it's our love, our love for one another. Love is the supreme thing. More than any gift of the Spirit, do we have love? Are we motivated by love? Are we acting in love? Love should be the thing that stands out above everything else, above every gift of the Spirit. It should be love. And Paul indicates here in chapter 13 that if we use the gifts of the Spirit without love, it's, it's counted as nothing. The gifts are worthless without love. And we can actually, listen, we can actually repel people away from Christ if we use the gifts without love. Look at verse 1 again. If we speak in tongues but have not love, it's just empty noise. It's like sounding brass and clanging cymbal. You're smashing cymbals together. If I'm up here speaking in tongues without love, it's just, you know, make it stop, right? It repels people. Please stop making that noise if it's done without love. And in verse 4, Paul defines love. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. 
Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now, he writes this because the believers in Corinth were not using the gifts of the Spirit in a loving way. Some in the church in Corinth were envious of others because of the gifts that others had that they didn't have. Some were parading their gifts, showing off. Some were puffed up with spiritual pride because of the gifts they had. Some behaved rudely, self-seeking, and so on. The believers in Corinth, they had all of the gifts of the Spirit, but they were also very carnal. They used the gifts in a very carnal way with, without love. That's why he writes this whole thing about love here. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now drop down to chapter 14, verse 1. Chapter 14, verse 1, says, Pursue love. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Paul says, pursue love. Make love preeminent in the church. Don't don't pursue after gifts of the Spirit, as they were in Corinth. Pursue after love. Desire spiritual gifts. Be zealous for spiritual gifts. That's what the word desire means there, to be zealous for. We, we should desire spiritual gifts in our own lives and in the church because God will strengthen and edify the church through the gifts of the Spirit. So, so desire spiritual gifts in the church for the edification of the church. And then Paul says, especially the gift of prophecy. Now remember, prophecy is speaking forth the word of God. Speaking forth the word of God. Now in chapter 14 here, Paul focuses on the gift of prophecy and the gift of tongues. He really focuses primarily on the gift of tongues and how they should function in the church and in church life when we gather together corporately and, and you know, the public assembly. That's the context when the church is gathered together corporately. In the church in Corinth, there was an overemphasis on the gift of tongues in the corporate gathering. And Paul explains why that should not be the emphasis in the corporate gathering. And Paul explains to us what the gift of tongues is and, and its proper use. I would say, and I think you would probably agree with me, that the gift of tongues is the most uh, controversial gift 
of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's the most interesting gift. Uh, and, and we can even say that it's the strangest gift of the Spirit. Would you guys agree with that? I mean, if you can unclench yourself for just a minute just to agree with me here. Uh, but listen, the gift of tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit, just like the other gifts of the Holy Spirit that we looked at last time. And the gift of tongues is given as a gift from the Holy Spirit to some believers as the Holy Spirit wills. I say some believers because the gift of tongues is not given to every believer. If you remember back in chapter 12, just turn back a page in your Bible, chapter 12. Verse 29, Paul asks this rhetorical question or a series of rhetorical questions. He says, are all apostles? And the obvious answer is no. Are all prophets? Again, the obvious answer is no. Are all teachers? Does everybody in the body of Christ have the gift of teaching? No. Are all workers of miracles? Does everybody have the the gift of miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret and the the obvious answer is no not everyone is given the gift of tongues now there are some churches today that teach that the gift of tongues is the evidence of salvation or that the gift of tongues is the proof of the baptism with the holy spirit but that's not biblical not everyone is given the gift of tongues. And that, that kind of teaching puts a lot of pressure on a person. If you're in that denomination, it puts a lot of pressure on that person to speak in tongues. If they're told that it's a sign of salvation, or if they're told it's the, it's the sign that shows that you've been filled with the Spirit or baptized with the Spirit, and if they don't have the gift of tongues, uh, that, that can make a person feel very confused They may think, well, maybe I'm not saved. Maybe I don't have the baptism. Maybe I haven't been filled with the spirit. And that can lead to all kinds of doubt and confusion and self-condemnation in that person. And that a person in that situation can begin to think, well, maybe I have some sin in my life. That is preventing me from receiving the gift of tongues. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Listen. The gift of tongues is a gift given by the Spirit. We don't don't have that struggle about the other gifts of the Spirit, do we? You you don't ever wrestle with, why hasn't God given me the gift of miracles? Or why hasn't God given me the gift of giving? Or why hasn't God given me the gift of mercy? It's only with this one gift that people have that kind of thing going on. It is a gift given by the Spirit to some believers as He wills. Just like all the other gifts, it's as He wills. And that's important for us to to understand. Now, regarding the the gift of tongues, there are at least nine passages in the New Testament that speak about the gift of tongues. Nine passages. Jesus spoke about believers speaking in new tongues in Mark chapter 16. Jesus talked about it. We see the gift of tongues manifested in the book of Acts. And Paul explained the gift of tongues here in 1 Corinthians. So the gift of tongues has a very solid biblical foundation. 
Jesus spoke of it. The disciples experienced it in Acts, and Paul expounded on it in the epistles. That's a very firm foundation biblically. So what is the gift of tongues? Let me just give you a definition. The gift of tongues is a Holy Spirit-inspired ability to pray, praise, or speak to God in an unknown language. The gift of tongues is a Holy Spirit-inspired ability to pray, praise, or speak to God in an unknown language. Tongues is a language. It's unknown to the person with the gift, to the person speaking, but it is a language. Uh, it's, it's not gibberish. It's not babble. It's not just made-up sounds, although it may sound like gibberish, to those hearing it, but it's an actual language. In fact, the, the word tongues, the Greek word, just it means languages. It means languages. So we're talking about speaking in languages. So now look at verse 2, and this is an important verse. Look at verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. This is so important for us understanding this gift. He who speaks in tongues or in an unknown language, this gift, the supernatural gift from the Holy Spirit. He who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. You should underline that in your Bible. And underline it in the Bible of the guy sitting next to you also. (laughs) Tongues, listen, tongues, when a person has the gift of tongues and they speak in tongues, it is always directed to God and not to people. The gift of tongues is not for communicating to people. It is for communicating to God. It's not for communicating on the horizontal person to person. It's for communicating on the vertical to God. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples, they spoke in different tongues on Pentecost. The crowd that was there in Jerusalem, they overheard the disciples speaking in their own languages. But the disciples were not speaking to the people in the crowd. They weren't preaching the gospel in different languages to the crowd. They were speaking to God. How do we know? Acts chapter 2, verse 11, if you're taking notes, Acts chapter 2, verse 11, the crowd heard the disciples speaking of the wonderful works of God. So the crowd overheard the disciples just praising God, speaking of the wonderful works of God, praising God. Then, if you remember Acts chapter 2, then Peter stood up and he preached the gospel to the crowd in a language that everyone there understood, English. Right? Isn't that what Peter preached? No. He preached in Greek, the common language of the day. Peter preached in a known language. When he was communicating to the people, he spoke in a known language. In Acts chapter 10, verse 46, Acts 10, 46, when the Holy Spirit fell upon the people in the house of Cornelius, the centurion, and they began to speak in tongues, it says they spoke in tongues and magnified God. It was directed upward, heavenward. It was directed to God. 
listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Joel, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. After reading some of the passages in Joel, you might think he just stepped out of a horror movie. The images that come to mind are in some ways hard to visualize, but also sound really horrible. It's not something you want to be around for, and that's part of the purpose of this book. It's sent as a warning of what's to come. Many people may think that God's cruel and unfair for even enacting these type of events, but the truth is, God's giving a fair warning that He wants people to turn from their wicked ways and turn to Him for salvation. When people willfully reject His saving grace, consequences are bound to come. Do you understand what this saving grace means? If not, would you call us and get some more clarity on God's salvation? Our number is 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk to you about this life-altering decision that will ultimately rescue you from the things talked about in the book of Joel. If you'd prefer to research what saving grace means on your own, go to calvaryec.com and find out what we believe the Bible says under the About tab. You can email us too. Once again, that website is calvaryec.com. Join us for another edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes Reach true.